Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Manxiety Podcast. We're your hosts, Ashad and Matt. Before we get started, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe so you can get notified of new episodes. If you want to share this with your friends, you can find us on all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Dr. Matt, Dr. Matt, paging Dr. Matt. I feel some, um, my heart rate is super fast and I feel some tightness in my chest. I feel tingly all over. Can you diagnose me? Uh, did you recently snort cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> is that your diagnosis? Um, no, if you came to me with that diagnosis and all your blood work checked out, of course, of course, blood work is important. Uh, I would say you probably just have anxiety. Uh, induced cocaine. Okay. Anxiety induced cocaine. <laughs> or cocaine induced anxiety. However, the fuck that, that, that would work. Well, thanks for the diagnosis, Doc. If you guys uh, haven't figured out from our little skit right there, uh, today we're going to be talking about diagnoses, which I think is the plural of a diagnosis, hopefully. Yeah, I think. Uh... Di- diagnosis is a is a Greek god. Diagnoses is, a, <laughs> is the way you pronounce it or some shit. Oh man. <laughs> uh, anyway, Matt, why don't you kick us off with some diagnostics? Yeah, I mean, you know, the word diagnostic, right? Just running something to get data, essentially, right? Like we run a lot of like diagnostics with me and a shot working in like the computer world, right, and IT and stuff. Um, to determine the root cause of the problem. But a lot of times with anxiety, when you get diagnosed as, as with having anxiety, it's kind of a double-edged sword in a lot of ways. One, because you think that potentially if you have some like health anxiety that you think something else greater may be going on, right? Like how could, you know, being stressed and anxious cause my chest to feel tight? No, doctor, something's wrong with my heart, right? It's something that a lot of people may experience in their life. And it also kind of goes the other way because I think a lot of people don't want to be diagnosed with anxiety because then they feel like they're broken or they're lesser or maybe that they don't fit in the world. They're not strong enough, right? These things that um, sometimes we think negatively about ourselves because not only is that an anxious thought pattern, (laughs) certainly, but also something where... um, you know, you can just be like, oh, I'm just not tough enough to handle it like everybody else is, even though you don't really see that other people are also struggling. Don't you think that's just our perception of it, though? Like, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but when I, I don't even know if I ever actually, like, got actually diagnosed with having anxiety, right? And I put it in air quotes because, like, like, I don't think my doctor ever said, hey, you have general anxiety disorder. Um, I, I know my therapist did when I went to my therapist, cause obviously, you know, I went to them for a reason and we talked about it and she obviously had to give a diagnosis. Um, but like my, I don't think my doctor ever said it. And my experience with that right in the beginning, when I first started going through anxiety, um, I, I went to see the doctor. This was after like I had, you know, my little panic attacks or the height of my anxiety I thought something was wrong with my heart, like you just said, right? So I go to see my doctor. I do blood work. Uh, they do a, um, uh, what is it called? 
uh, cardiogram EKG? Cardiogram, yeah. ekg yeah whatever cardiogram ekg uh you know the full one not the apple watch single bar but <laughs> you know the, the 12 bar or whatever it is <laughs> and, you know they do this and it, it was actually a very scary experience so first of all i go into the doctor and i don't remember all the details but i do remember telling them my doctor that hey you know like i feel like my heart rate is just always very high i don't know if something's wrong with my heart um and so he was like all right you know whatever we'll 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 check it out we'll do an ekg so they take me to this other room right they they hook me up the the ekg tech or whatever comes in hooks me up and they they do the ekg so then he's done and i'm like uh you know how is it is everything okay and he says oh the doctor will discuss the results with you and walks out i'm like you asshole <laughs> that's like you know at the time i obviously didn't know i had anxiety but you know my anxiety just like flared up as soon as he said that i'm like oh no i have some heart issues the doctor now has to come and talk to me about my heart issues yeah dude you're like um, fucking wink or something like tell like give me give me the thumbs up on the way out like you're good <laughs> Yeah, at least say, oh, you know, we didn't see it. There was nothing that I saw out of the ordinary, but the doctor will tell you more or some, some bullshit. But I guess they can't actually say that because uh, they don't completely know how to read them, maybe, or the doctor probably it's, knows It's probably more. like a legal thing where they're not allowed to give a diagnosis yeah. or something, yeah. Well, which makes sense, right? Because he's obviously not a doctor. He's just the person that does the EKG. The doctor's the one with the knowledge of how to interpret the results. Anyway, but, uh, you know, after, you know, five, ten minutes of freaking out, uh, the doctor came back in and tells me that my heart is completely fine. So, yeah, and I think, I, I don't remember sort of talking to my doctor about it after that. It was sort of like, it's completely fine. There doesn't seem to be anything wrong medically. And then I think... After that is when I was like, all right, it might be anxiety then. And I don't remember talking to my doctor about that. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I have no clue. But anyway, once I figured out it's anxiety, I then, of course, we've talked about, went through the steps, found my therapist. And when I went to my therapist and sort of talked through everything that was going on, she was the one that said, oh, it sounds like you have general anxiety disorder. So that's where my diagnosis came in. But I never, I never thought or considered myself broken. You know, like you said earlier, it was more of like, I actually maybe felt a little bit relieved or felt more like I had more insight into myself, right? Because now I knew what was wrong. So again, I think, I feel like it's a perception thing of like thinking you're broken because it's definitely... For me, like knowing that it was anxiety and not some other big medical problem that can't be solved was a sort of a big relief. And also knowing what it was, now I had a chance to find a solution to it uh, or at least work on myself with the knowledge of like what I was working on. Uh, whereas before it, that I didn't know, it was, you know, the, the possibilities were endless of what it can be. Yeah, certainly. I mean, if you have the... Um correct diagnosis of anxiety and then you google 
you know, great podcast for anxiety and men. Well, you ended up here. What's up? Hey, a <laughs> shot from the past. What's, what's, what's good, man? Um, yeah, you know, so I think that it, it can kind of cut both ways with it, right? It can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing. It just depends on exactly, like you said, your perception of it. And we've talked so much about your perception of the world with stoicism and, you know, controlling what you can and not worrying so much about what you can't control type of thing. And it's, it's very similar to that, right? Um, you know, I think maybe like, I don't know, five, six years ago when we had to have these types of conversations with ourselves and with our medical professionals and therapists and stuff, it was more like taboo back then. Obviously like 20 years ago, right? If somebody's like, oh, you had anxiety. They didn't even call it anxiety. If you went to war, they called it shell-shocked, right? Oh, you're just shell-shocked. You know, he fought in the war and like did a great job, but he came back a little, a little weird or whatever. It's like, you know, now we understand what those things are. And certainly that's something that we're trying to bring awareness to in like the, the male space as well. Is it like everybody has anxiety, you know, if yours gets bad and it impedes your daily life, then like there are strategies to help cope with it. Right. Um, certainly. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a good point because even back then, right, when I went to find therapists and like you said, this was four or five years ago now, maybe more. What was it like 2015, 2016, I think. So almost six, five, six years. Um, I think it was 2016. That sounds about right, yeah. Anyway, yeah. You know, at, at the time, it was, like you said, like kind of taboo, or not taboo, but at least in like my, the way that I was raised and like the environment I grew up in, having a therapist was seen as, you know, like crazy people have therapists, right? Like you... And I, you know, I don't, I don't mean crazy in like a bad way, but that's sort of like how I was raised. It was like, you know, you have to have like severe mental disabilities or issues to, to have a therapist. Like these are the people that like can't function at all in like society. Those are the people that get therapists, not, you know, like regular people that like go to work and have anxiety you know it's it's the it's the what's her name the dr harley quinn's of the world that treat the (laughs) the jokers of the world not (laughs) not 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 the batmans of the world that go to see their therapist and talk about stuff but um so it, it, it was you know taking that step was very hard back then uh you know finding a therapist i remember i i didn't really tell anyone that i was planning on going to see a therapist it was it was kind of hush hush um i obviously you knew about it uh, i obviously told my then fiance girlfriend yeah you, you, i don't you remember if she was my fiance or girlfriend at the time no, you were just dating at that point yeah but, but well i told andrea um and i think i told my sister about it but that was sort of the extent of the people that knew that i was going to see a therapist and when certain other people did find out you know people in my family that were maybe older and like you know kind of a different way of thinking the question was you know why are you going to see a therapist you don't have any kind of mental health issues what they considered mental health issues which were the very very big and you know extensive stuff so i think getting that diagnosis for me was like a good first step of like normalizing going to see a therapist 
for you know people in my family because then obviously like over the years i told my friends i told other people i actually helped them get there like obviously you know we found out by the way we talked about it i helped you get a therapist we had some other friends that got therapists um so yeah so it was you know i feel like getting going to see that therapist getting that diagnosis was my the the bend right that that allowed me to start going the opposite way going going back and improving again yeah i mean even for me with you know because we went to the same therapist um and, I, and i'm back seeing her just to get kind of a tune-up right from a car you know i gotta get my oil changed and my my headlights changed and i don't fucking know a clear coat of paint or some shit whatever other car analogy you can think of at home and uh you know she's i always say i'm like yeah you know like thank you so much for all the help you've done and she's like well you're really doing most of the work. Like she assigns us homework and stuff to do and like exercises and, and you know things to think about. Right. But ultimately, like I did really want to, to not fix myself, but like improve myself, you know, um, my, my diagnosis with it was a little bit different. And I can talk about that real quick where I was, you know, I started this new job and I mentioned before it was like engineering. It was, you know, everybody's like, Oh, most people don't make it their first year. And I was like, I'm going to make it right. I'm an idiot. I'm too much of a go-getter. I was thinking about work constantly. was stressed out a lot at home, all this stuff. Talked to a shot about it, right? But I gone to my doctor because I was like, doc, I just feel like I'm walking through quicksand. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, I could fall asleep right now. Like, I wouldn't use the bathroom at work because it was too far of a walk. Like, I felt like I was going to fucking bend over. Like, I wasn't dizzy or anything. Just like, fuck, like, it's just so exhausting. And, um... Cause I was constantly just thinking like, Oh my God, another deadline, another thing, another thing, another thing like, uh, you know, and you know, he had me do a sleep study and I went to a sleep specialist and they were like, well, how tired are you? I was like, I'm tired all the time. Like I could fall asleep right now. It was nine fifteen AM. And I was like, I could sleep right now. And he's like, you might have narcolepsy. So I'm like, fuck now I'm even more, <laughs> even more nervous <laughs> about a diagnosis, right? I'm going to have to be on pills or something. And I, my response to the doc was always like, look, if it's just stress, if like stress is doing this to me and I just feel weird all the time, like I can deal with stress. Obviously I couldn't because if I could have dealt with it, I would have dealt <laughs> with it. Right. But, but that was, that was my mentality. But I was like, I literally think something there's life threatening going on with me because I never felt this way in my life. You know, sleep study comes back fine. Don't have narcolepsy. Don't have sleep apnea. Okay, cool. What's next? Right. What's next? Look at blood work. What's next? We, we kept digging deeper. And at some point he just goes, I want you to take a test. And I took this little test, which is like, how many times have you been stressed or worried in the past day? And I'm like, the past day, like 15 times, you know? And then in the middle of taking that test, I remember I circled something that was like, how anxious do you feel on like how many times per week? And I circled like four to five, right? Pretty much every day. And I erased it because I was like, fuck, I don't want to get diagnosed with like anxiety or general anxiety disorder or something, right? I was like, so I erased it. And their pencils suck. So, like, you can tell that I erased it. And I circled one lower, which was probably indicative of, you know, something going on. Because they added up the score. And they're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you just have anxiety. And then he prescribed me um, Xanax and Paxil, which is an antidepressant. And then the um, benzodiazepine. But I took the, you know, antidepressants for a few days. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Partially because it killed my sex drive completely. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that was just, I was like, not only was I depressed and anxious, like I just had zero libido and I was like, this is fucking terrible. Um, and also just like, I didn't want to be on pills for the rest of my life. And I was super worried, even though like they probably would have helped. So I was only on it for a few days and just quit. 
And he's like, yeah, that's fine. And then eventually I slowly got better. I eliminated some of the stress in my life, right? Um, and I was I was kind of okay. I was kind of teetering on being okay. And then, you know, when I went to therapy, it was like a fucking game changer of just like, I don't, I don't know, just obviously at that point, I was already like, hey, look, I have pretty bad anxiety. You know, I'm here. Let's talk about it. And um, yeah, I, I really like the way that you were discussing like reframing it because at first I mentioned that we're broken, right? I felt like a uh, fucking like I, I suck, right? Why am, why am I wrong, right? Why can't I handle it? But looking back on it, it's like, no, that's that was a big step for me, you know, to do that and to seek help. Like I hate it when people help me and yet there I was doing it because, you know, you brought it up. So again i'm just so fucking thankful you basically paved the way for so many people when you think about it like you you've inadvertently changed so many lives right by you taking that step right i mean i'm on a better path a lot of our friends that have gotten to therapy are on a better path some of your family members and then our listeners at large right like i feel like you're giving me too much credit Th- thank you but... no I, here's the thing though like that that is the um that is the pebble that's dropped in a stream that ripples and creates bigger ripples throughout, right? It's like your one action created so much positive in the world, you know, when you think about that long term. Well, I'm, I'm glad it did. And, and I'm happy and, that and, you're doing better. And I know that we're built the same way where we don't like we don't like compliments. So I, I won't I won't I won't <laughs> lay it on any thicker than that. But, you know, um, yeah, well, it's not liking it. It's just like I don't want to discredit the fact that, like, you also obviously took the actual action, right? Like, yeah, like I I suggested it and like I might have helped a little bit, but you were the one that actually took the action, which by far takes a lot more effort. And you were the one that stuck to it and went to the therapy sessions and you know made yourself better and made life changes. Like, again, thank you, and I'm glad I was able to help, but. You know, I, I don't want to take that away from you or other people listening. Like, it, it is everyone's, like, own actions that that make the difference, right? Like, if I go to someone and I say, hey, I'm, I'm helping you. Here's a therapist. Call them. Like, you know, that, that doesn't really do anything. Um, you know, if they're my friend and I keep, ha- you know, <laughs> badgering them about it for... How long did it take you? Six months? Nine months. Whatever it is, if I keep that badgering them about it, I mean, yeah, it might help a little bit, right? You eventually called, but um, then it's still like your job to actually go and see the therapist. And then it's your job to continue seeing the therapist. So again, I just wanted to make sure that like you did it yourself. Like that was, even though I may have like, you know, I, I gave you that little push to help you get started. But the rest of the way, you you rode the boat the rest of the way. I just, I pushed you off the shore and you were able to row to the other side. There you go. I think that's the best reference I can make. That's, that's a really good analogy, right? It's like you, you just, you helped get the boat in the water. Like you said, like you helped get it started. And then like the other person is, damn, that's. Yeah. You, you, you rode it all the way to the other side. Look at how great of a person he is. He's so humble and I'm complimenting him so much too god he's just the best person ever you're on fire that's tonight nice. all right you gotta you gotta stop that's enough <laughs> thank you thank um, you <laughs> but um yeah i mean overall like it, i think a lot of times we're afraid of getting diagnosed with anything but 
there can be relief in it because then you have an answer right i think just for people at home if you do get diagnosed with like general anxiety disorder or maybe you have like hypochondria health anxiety whatever just take it at face value and understand like that the people as long as they have like good intentions for you that are making the diagnosis like you trust your doctor you trust you know your psychiatrist your psychologist whoever it may be right um that it's coming from like a good place to help you have more information to understand what's going on under the hood right like when your check engine light comes on well i mean it literally means check engine right but it could mean a lot of other things right um usually now well no not necessarily the check engine light on some car like that light just comes on it doesn't mean anything it isn't until you go to the mechanic and they hook up the little machine to see the codes that they actually know what's wrong with the car right so so you know just because that light comes on and oh it's blinking there's a little bit of a problem i need to get it checked out you don't until somebody looks under the hood looks at the codes gives you a real diagnosis of what's going on with your car it's kind of the same thing in people right yeah you don't know what to fix i think i think that's a great analogy matt because like when the check engine light comes on you have no clue what to fix right you have to go to a mechanic they have to plug it in they have to take a look at the car take a look at the codes to figure out what to fix so then they can fix that part and get the car back to running the way it's supposed to and i think similar to us you know we might have symptoms but we don't know the symptoms are like the check engine light but we don't know what's causing them right so we go to the doctor we get this diagnosis and then now we know what's causing it and we can work on a solution to to get back to operating you know optimally yeah that's really the perfect way to describe it and that's where you know like the framework for meds comes in right you know again medita- meditation exercise diet sleep um <laughs> medicate <laughs> i mean it, it could be medication it could be masturbation it could be whatever you want to put in the m okay whatever helps you complement the other three we're okay with it i guess um just not murder i guess that's an m one that, that, that's a bad one <laughs> um i was trying to think of other m ones that were bad but that's probably the worst one yeah yeah um but you know it just gives you like uh, i mean how many times have you you know, everybody at home or, or you a shy, right? Been like, man, I'm really tired today. I've had two cups of coffee or three cups of coffee just to stay awake and to stay productive, right? And then somebody may go, well, like, why are you so tired? And you go, well, you know, I stayed up till 2 a.m. yesterday playing video games or watching this new show or whatever because I was really excited about it. And people are like, well, duh, that's why you're tired. Go sleep more, right? And then you go, yeah, okay, cool. I'm going to sleep more. And then you don't then you don't and then you don't because that's just how life happens sometimes and that's why you know sleep is so important because it helps with the recovery of your body of your brain everything else and it's something that like if you're not exercising if you're not using your body in the way that we're meant to like with in a physical space you know you're probably going to have some physical symptoms right maybe too much energy or not enough energy depending um same thing with diet right obviously you know the whole like you are what you eat is um is a pretty popular phrase and overall i mean it's true right like if you eat shit food you're gonna feel like shit um you know for me like i didn't really have fast food during the pandemic because um you know i was at home so i just made food at home and then i was like cool things are opening up now let me go get taco bell and my stomach is like 
bro, what did you do to me? <laughs> and uh, I spent uh, most of that day on the toilet, unfortunately. That's hilarious. Um, speaking of sleep, recently I saw an article, and I don't remember the article name, so unfortunately, if I find it, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, we'll make sure we include it in the episode, but uh, I, I can't seem to find it right now. But it basically said, if you go three days without getting enough sleep, um, it can lead to having more anxiety, more you know, depression, more mental health uh, issues. So that was sort of the uh, the magic number of like, you know, three days without enough is, is enough <laughs> to, to start, you know, increasing those problems or start causing those problems. So something to keep in mind, you know, if you don't get enough sleep tonight or tomorrow, make sure you prioritize sleep at least the next day. Um, so you don't, you don't get too many days without it. Yeah. I mean, and it can be tough, right? We understand people, you know, you're living your life. A lot of people at home, you may have kids. Um, you may have a, a young kid, which everybody says, you know, like you're not going to sleep for the first like three months or so. Cause you have to wake up and feed the baby constantly stuff like that. Right. Um, so there are situations and with it in which it's worth it to get less sleep in terms of like, you know, taking care of your kid, that's kind of a, a good reason, but just know that it is going to take a toll on your body and you, you need to rest and recover longer to make up for it. Um, well, I think even, even with the kid though, something to keep in mind is that, you know, hopefully you have support right from a significant other, from family, from friends, and it's okay to ask for help sometimes. Uh, I know, especially for guys, it's, it's tough to do. Right. That that was the reason why we didn't go like I didn't go see a therapist at first because we didn't want to ask for help. Same reason why Matt didn't go. Same reason why a lot of guys don't go see therapists, don't talk to other people, don't go see a doctor for a plethora of health problems that they probably have. It's because we don't want to ask for help. But, you know, you have to remember that it it's OK to do it and it's it's better if you do. Right. So if you if you can't get enough sleep, you know. Ask your significant other, ask your family to maybe, if if it is the kid, maybe watch the kid for a little bit, for a couple hours so you can get a couple hours of extra sleep, right? Maybe when the kid's sleeping, you have them over so not to burden them. Maybe they just watch the kid while they're sleeping so you can sleep as well. You know, uh, if it's something else, if it's, I don't know, work-related, right? Maybe you're you have so much work going on, you're not able to eat properly so you're always eating fast food well maybe you you know talk to your parents or your roommate or something and see if they can hey maybe can you make some extra food this week i'll give you the money for it i just i don't have enough time and i don't want to eat out or whatever it is just ask for help and i guarantee you people are willing to help because deep down i think people all people are good it's just you know other people's problems one aren't always the first priority for other people and that's that's not a bad thing that's just how it is and two if they don't know that you're going through something if they don't know that you're having a problem they can't help so no one's just going to randomly suggest coming and helping in most cases you know it's something that when you ask them of course if they're available or they're able to they they will help in most cases yeah it's kind of like being at the gym like most people don't care that you're at the gym most people are just doing their own thing right 
the only time well not the only time there are people just are kind of nosy but the only most of the time when somebody's telling you to do something it's probably because you're going to hurt yourself so people that are like veterans at the gym you know you can see it sometimes right like somebody's squatting in a way that like they're going to throw their back out because they're not you know or like they're lifting with their back rounded type of shit right you're like hey i can see you're maybe a little new like can i give you a tip like i've had that happen before in the gym when i was first starting out somebody's like dude just letting you know like i don't think that's the best way to do this like look at my form here right so unless you're really fucking up people probably aren't just gonna offer to help you um but if you ask somebody even at the gym where you assume people like don't want to talk to you people are more than willing to help you like hey can you spot this set can you like do this can i work in can you do whatever um and it just becomes like a or even ask them how to do it like if you want to do a new workout and you don't know how to do it i i guarantee you if you go up to someone and you're like hey do you mind showing me how to do this workout they'll probably be excited to show you because they're you know it, it, it you're kind of feeding their ego right you're trying to say hey you're you got you know you're doing a great job and i want to learn from you and people uh people appreciate that and i'm sure you'll make them feel good about it too yeah and and that's a good way to to frame it too when you're asking for help like hey you're doing an awesome job like living your life you know like you seem like you have all your shit together like how do you manage it how do you manage stress and it may be a situation like myself in a shot where a shot's like no i'm also stressed out and I remember one thing that you told me was you were like, I just went on a cruise. I think you need to go on a cruise. And and the <laughs> thought of me going on a cruise, I was like, oh, my God, that gives me fucking terrible anxiety. I don't want to be in the ocean trapped in the middle of nowhere for like days on end. But really what he was saying is like, you need to fucking relax. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you <laughs> figured out the deeper meaning. Maybe maybe that uh, nickname you had back then uh, uh, actually stuck with you. Deeper meaning. Is that my is that my college nickname? No. What what was your middle school nickname? Real deep. Real deep. Yeah. In- <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, but that but that was the thing where I was like, oh no, like you have everything going on, like what's what's going on with you? And then we talked about it. So it may open up the door for conversation, and you may learn about maybe somebody else's diagnosis, right? Where they're like, hey, I have this thing. Um, you know, cause a lot of things are hidden. Like for me, you'd never know that I couldn't smell unless I told you, well, unless you maybe ripped ass around me and I had no reaction and you're like, what's going on with this guy? Why, why is he hiding it? Right. And then you're just like, I mean, I would just think you're enjoying the smells. I don't know about that. It's so much as just... maybe you have a weird fetish or something of like fart smells. You know, there's farting porn. Did you know this? I've heard, I've never seen it. I've heard of it. I haven't either. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard of it as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let me make that oh, very for abundantly sure. clear. For sure, you've heard of it. All of a sudden, he's like closing a bunch of tabs in the background. Like, <laughs> So there's this one video that was just really crazy. Yeah, I, so do you know enough of, is it like people farting on people? Is that what it is? I, I, I don't know enough. No, I just, oh, okay. it was the term that I'd heard before. And you saying farting just uh, reminded me of it. It just tri- triggered you to talk about flatulence that's cool um, yes exactly i mean a good example is like you could be diagnosed with like ibs right irritable bowel syndrome or something where maybe or something else that produces more like gas and you have to fart more but if you just tell somebody like hey yeah i have this thing where i fart more oh, okay i get it right but if you like don't ever talk about it and don't ever talk about what you're diagnosed with and 
how it affects you, then how would anybody else ever um, be able to empathize with you? And that's really you important know, with the anxiety. What's up? Well, you just said it reminded me. Have you seen uh, the Joker? Uh, yeah, th- with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. Because what you said is what he does, right? Remember, he's he's diagnosed with that thing where he he bursts out laughing randomly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has that card that he gives around to people with his diagnosis, and then <laughs> unfortunately, in that case, um. You know, he just busts out laughing and he gives it to people and people think it's a joke. Well, some people think it's a joke. Other people, I think, understand, right? Yeah, I uh, think, uh, I think like, he hands it to some lady on the bus and she gets upset with him because, like, he just yeah. won't stop laughing and she doesn't understand why, but... Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, that's theatrical, but... Um, Mine would say, you know, sorry, sometimes I get social anxiety. Could you please shut the fuck up? <laughs> <laughs> How funny would that be? I need to get one of those cards and keep it on me next time I see you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you could. You, sorry, I get. I have social anxiety sometimes. Can you shut the fuck up? You could just say sorry. I don't want to listen to you ramble about some fucking thing for forty minutes. Like, can you please be quiet for five? <laughs> oh man, uh, that's funny. Anyway, I think that's a good way to to end this this episode I was hoping you would do the ending but I guess I'm doing it again thank you guys for listening I know I know I know you always steal my thunder (laughs) stay safe stay healthy take your meds you know get diagnosed if you need to it's not a bad thing you know it's uh, it's a way to help you improve There you go. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on Thursday.